You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Yay! So today I have the amazing Ashley DeLuca. She is the other Ashley of the Ashley duo is what we're known for because I feel like where I am, Ashley always is. So we are the Ashley duo. So I'm going to quickly tell you about Ashley DeLuca and then we will jump into talking all about how to 3x your retention and sales through email marketing. So Ashley, first of all, thank you so much for being here. And then I'm going to tell them a little bit about you and then I'm going to turn it over. So Ashley DeLuca um, believes that retention is built through relationships. As an email marketing strategist that focuses on um, centricity, she's mastered crafting customer journeys that increase overall customer lifetime value. She has been featured in Thrive Global, Funnel Magazine, GoDaddy, and several other publications. Ashley will be the first to admit that she's obsessed with avocados, sea turtles, and email marketing, and will never pass up a good cup of coffee, me and you both. So again, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. I first want you to give a little bit of a backstory about how you even started email marketing because I know, but I know the listeners do not know. So yeah, if you could share a little bit about your journey, because it is really inspiring. And I think a lot of people can totally learn from it. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I am seriously so incredibly excited to be here. And oh my gosh, so my journey actually starts way back when I was about 14 years old. I had this really grand idea because as an Enneagram 3, I've always had this whole life plan already planned. And essentially what I decided I was going to do is I was going to become a reporter. And I was like, if I'm going to become a reporter, I need to have a website. I've got to have a website so people can find my writing, blogs, so that way the New York Times can pick me up one day. Like, I always had this dream that I was going to be in, like, a little New York City apartment writing for somebody, doing the things. And let me tell you what, my life is nothing like that. But it's super <laughs> interesting. It's super interesting. And so what ended up happening is we went through the process of essentially going through corporate, going through all of the things, your own business. You already know how to make a website. So you're already halfway there. All you have to do is just make your website and start telling people about yourself. So I started to do a lot of like Craigslist ad jobs, crazy in Columbus, Ohio. There's lots of people, you know, just wanting random little projects. I would do it for like a hundred dollars, sometimes free. Like I just was trying to get my ground above trying to do the things. So fast forward through that, kept it all on the side, just was for fun, just for a little bit of extra spending money to fuel my Kate Spade addiction at the time. And so what ended up happening is I ended up getting pregnant and I was in a corporate job that I absolutely completely hated. I was told that I was too passionate. I was too loud, probably an Ashley thing maybe, but (laughs) it was just one of those things where they're just like, they were constantly having to move me throughout the office and they're like, no one wants to sit next to you. And I'm like, I am the nicest person out there. No one wants to sit next to me. Anyways, 
So I decided I was just going to go basically all in. So at the time I got into a partnership um, with somebody, again, who was older than I am. And I thought, okay, again, double the age, double the wisdom. And so I was like really riding on that. And so ended up leaving my corporate job. And my husband was like, I don't know about this. And I was like, listen, all I know is that if I'm going to bet on something, I'm going to bet on myself. Like I'm going to bet on myself to make this work, make it happen. Like I will work the hours. I'll do the hustle. I'll make, I'll do it. So anyways, a couple months later, ended up uh, dissolving that partnership, ended up flat on my face with $300 in my bank account. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what I'm going to do at this point. And so it ended up coming back to relationships and people just reaching out and being like, hey, are you okay? And I'll be like, I'm in the process of trying to put food on the table. Do you need anything done? Is there anything I can help you with? And so I literally just went through the process of building a business where I was basically just like, I don't know if I can do it, but I'll figure it out and I'll make it happen and it'll totally work. And email was one of those things. And so I ended up going from like doing all the things to just web design with a couple other things. And then I was like, and this is where you come in, Ash, where we're like, okay, cool. Like now we're doing web design, a lot of other things again, too, because we're trying to make the money to do the things and also now email marketing. And originally when I was introduced to email marketing, everyone was like, yeah, like just add in my opt-in form. I was like, what is this? Like, why are we sending out target ads? I totally don't understand this. I don't get it. And so what ended up happening is I was like, all right, cool. I want to figure out a way to simplify this. I want to make this not complicated. I want to make this super effective because when I did it personally, like I started off on MailChimp and I definitely don't recommend that now, but I started off on MailChimp trying to do the things, trying to send out these newsletters essentially. Mm -hmm. And they were literally falling flat to the 30 people I was sending them to at the time. And so I have started from the ground up in terms of with understanding email marketing from a service-based business while also having experience with helping e-commerce and product-based businesses and brick and mortar and like all the things to be able to really focus on what I believe is the foundational piece of business, which is relationships saved my business. It saved me being able to be home with my little dude. And it really just allows me to be able to thrive within what I do and literally all the things. Yeah. And I love that because you guys just full disclosure, Ashley DeLuca and I met in a Facebook group Mm -hmm. and I had actually reached out and said, I need an accountability partner to hold my butt accountable. I think this was what, like 2017, 2018, maybe 18. And I said, is someone willing to like be an kind of an accountability partner every single week with me? And little Ashley DeLuca was like me, I'll totally do it. And I probably probably 10 people had reached out and then I almost had like an interview process of like, okay, yeah. I want to do an accountability partner. And Ash and I got on a call and I just loved her energy. And I said, wow, okay. And I also, I was like kind of in a transition period in that point of my business as well. And then it wasn't probably three or four months later, Ashley was like, you know, Ashley told me, Ashley, wow, you are so good at what you do. I want to hire you to help me. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so Ashley has been my, my guinea pig for a lot of my offers and a lot of things. And she's really seen me grow and I've really seen her grow because let me tell you guys what, like when Ashley and I first met and she was telling me about her offer, I was like, girl, you are way better than that. What is going on? <laughs> so we've been not only like accountability partners turned a client turned. Now she I'm also one of her clients, like she does my email, turned honestly one of my my best business friends ever. And we, you know, talk daily. So I've seen her story and I've seen her journey and it's just, it's really amazing. And especially how she thrives, like having Nicholas home, because I know I can't do it. And she does it like with grace and just really amazing. And 
And she really has dived so deep into email marketing. And one of the the core things you talked about was relationships. So I would first, I'm going to ask you this question and we'll definitely get into the actual like meat. But when, kind of what was the light bulb moment for you when you realized that the one thing really missing in the email marketing strategy that a lot of the big name gurus and people out there, when did you realize that relationships was the missing piece for people? I'd love for you to speak a little bit more on that because this podcast is really about people who are making a disruption in their marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I really think that talking a lot of people hear relationships. Okay, great. But a lot of people don't really do relationships or they think, in my opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong, or I've seen in the marketplace, a lot of people think relationships are just a term to ask a few, get to know you questions and then pitch. And that is not a relationship at all. So yeah, what was the light bulb moment where you really saw that the missing piece was relationships when it comes to email marketing? Yeah. So it's on, there's basically two sides to this, right? So there's obviously in terms of with the side as the consumer of the email. And especially as I was starting out, I was definitely a freebie chaser. I was downloading all the freebies on email marketing, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to run this online business because there wasn't necessarily a run an online business for dummies book yet. There might be now, but there wasn't one when I was trying to do the things. And so what ended up happening is I went through this process of looking at these emails I was receiving and I was like, these are so one bland. Like they're very much so just like cookie cutter, very much so I felt like they were saying the same thing in every single email. And then secondary, I just felt like I was being talked at all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I was reading the emails, I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know if I like that energy. Like I I'm very much. So like when I write, I'm very conversational. I'm very much. Okay. If I, if you read one of my emails, it's literally as if I was sitting next to you or sitting across the table, having coffee with you. That's the kind of way I want to feel like, I don't want to be here and you be here. I want to be like level feeling with you and be like, eye to eye, like this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it was on the consumer standpoint for me as an email marketing subscriber, doing that. But then also too, it was on the writing side as well. Like when I would get assignments from people to do their emails at this point, I wasn't necessarily doing strategy because I was so new to it. And I was so insecure. I was like, I don't know if I know what I'm doing. So can you tell me what you want me to write about or what you want this to look like? And so often I'd write it and I was like, oh, I don't like, it was just so icky. It was very much so there was always an under motive. It wasn't very clear. It wasn't like, I want you to go do this. And it also too, I would say some of the copy was even very manipulative in terms of with like, and depending on there, there was a lot in terms of which is, okay, I want to have a mutual respect for my subscriber, but then also too, I want to again, make them feel like they're getting the inside scoop. Like going back to the reporter thing in terms of with back in the day when I would write about macaroni and cheese and all of that fun stuff, like it was very much so this is so groundbreaking and exciting. I can't wait to share it. And that's the kind of energy that like, I felt was really missing from emails as well too, is that like exclusivity of, oh my gosh, like you are my inner circle. You are my VIPs. You are my guys. Like you are my peeps. And I want to share this amazingness with you. And I just felt like so many people were lacking that. Yeah. I'm 1000% guilty that in my emails, a lot of it were like, oh, they're on my email list. So that just means I can just send them emails and them emails and tell them about mm-hmm. what I offer all the time. That's why they opted in. They're interested in what I offer. And um, I think we all fall into that mentality quite a lot. And I do. And and again, with you and I being so close, there are times where I screenshot and I'm like, look at this awful email. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we talk a lot about that. And again, that's my farting and darting method, right? Mm-hmm. I always say don't fart and dart. It's like you send this and it's like you let out this huge fart and then you walk away. You just trot away like nothing happened. And then you just expect people to like, no one wants to buy something if it smells bad, if it stinks. Yep. So I totally feel you on that. I'm very, I'm also very guilty of that in the beginning. And so what do you think, obviously we're talking about retention, like retention is a really big thing. And I think that was something like a realization that we kind of had talking to each other, Ashley and I Vox, like I'm a verbal processor. So is Ashley. So when we need to verbal process something, I send for like a 15 minute Vox. And then I'm like, man, that was really good. And I'll save it and I'll listen to it later. And I think we actually came to this conclusion um, that it is more so about retention, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. not just retention of sales, but retaining that relationship, retaining, like, even after they've already bought from you, it's how do you actually still have that relationship? And so I want you to speak a little bit about what you mean when you say like, you really should focus on retention. Do you have something maybe in the industry that you see people are doing that you don't really agree with when it comes to, I guess, the strategy side. I know like we've talked mm-hmm. about relationships, but I want you to a little to elaborate a little bit on retention and what you mean by, by retention and maybe just even one or two things, like simple things that you could do on your email, li- like on your emails, like the next email you send out mm-hmm. that could increase that retention. Totally. Okay. So for me, retention is two different areas. So obviously we think about like subscriber retention and keeping an engaged subscriber, keeping them clicking and opening and doing the things. But then we also have like retention on the business side after somebody pays you, then what's next. Mm. So on the front side, in terms of a subscriber, I'm very much so an advocate of, okay, I only want the good peeps on my list. Like I'm very much so always cleaning my list. If somebody goes inactive, that's totally cool. It's not personal. I let them go. I sing the Frozen song as I do it. And I'm like, goodbye. See you later. It's great knowing you. And so within that, for an example, and sometimes it's really something that a lot of people don't pay attention to and something I didn't even pay attention to. But there was a girl who reached out to me. This was now a year ago. She's still on my email list, but she had reached out to me. She's like, so I just wanted to like actually reach out to you because I've been getting your emails ever since your first business, which was Blink Slate Media Consulting. And she's like, I just wanted to let you know that like your journey is so great. And I just love getting your email. I was like, wait, what? You've been here since the beginning? You're talking like the beginning, the beginning? I was like, girl, I've been a hot mess. Like I have been inconsistent. I have written the craziest emails and done the craziest tactics and they still stick around. And so Within that, it's really just about showing up and being, you know, even if you have to take a break, it's totally completely okay. But just keeping those consistent touch points with them gives those people the opportunity. And this person necessarily wasn't a a good fit to be a client, but you know, those relationships build off of that. Like I've gotten referrals from her and all of the good stuff because she's consistently in my world, I'm in her inbox and all of the things. So that's like the front piece. But then in terms of the back piece, in turn, turn of with retention, It's all about the customer journey in terms of with understanding what that person needs next. So there's a couple mistakes that I see a lot of people make. And some of these are really simple and the other one's a little bit more complex. So the very first thing that I see all the time is people will get the Stripe notification. And then it's just, here's your welcome email, especially if it's like a digital product or a digital download. And then there's nothing else. It's like, here you go. Here's your access to your Kajabi course. Peace. I'll see you later. Yeah. Or let me know if you have any questions, then just keep, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And 
I, I will tell you as somebody who has bought tons of little tiny offers and all of the things, my completion rate on them is probably like maybe a 25%. And that's for a high achiever of somebody who like, I want to do all the things because a lot of times I forget about it. I get busy and then there's nothing in there to remind me, you know, and I go back through my like receipts and I'm like, oh crap, I paid for that. Oh yeah, I did do that. And so within this, it's really incredibly important one to have, obviously have follow up within that, check back in with them, hold them accountable. This is something that if you want a really good example of this, George Bryan's in his eternal flame method, his course, after you sign up for it, the follow-up campaigns to that are insane. Like they're very much so like automation and trigger-based. So you have to click this to get to the next weeks and all of this amazing stuff. But the most important thing you can do is follow up. Now, another mistake that I see is assuming what that person's next step is. So this often comes from the value ladder, the Ascension model, oh, all we, of that amazing. We could talk all day about that. We all know yeah. how I feel about Ascension ladders. Not a fan. Go ahead. <laughs> and so it's something that, you know, as somebody who creates these journeys, a lot of time we're like, okay, somebody is going to buy this course and then they're going to buy my group coaching program and then they're going to go one-on-one and then they're going to go mastermind. And I'm like, okay, has somebody ever actually gone through that process? No. And so it's wildly ineffective to put that in an email marketing strategy because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-mm. And so we try to plant seeds for something that probably won't land. It is probably just going to sit on the soil and never actually take root. It's not even so, on the soil. I think it's like, it's on the brick or the pavement. It's not yeah, it's, it's not going to make it. It's not going to plant because it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And I've, again, I, these are all things that I have seen personally and gotten emails for. And I was just like, no, this does not make sense at all. And so really for me, retention after the sale is about the personalized follow-up. It's about going through the process of actually reaching out to that person. And I think this is something that a lot of the larger course creators and the digital product people don't do very well at all. Usually when you're in like a one-on-one coaching program, you have consistent touch points because you're on Boxer. You're going through, you have monthly, you have weekly coaching calls or whatever that looks like. So usually for one-on-one or even service-based, there's usually those touch points for you to know what that next step should look like. But definitely the biggest opportunity for like course creators and digital, even memberships is especially if you want them to go to the next step is understand and know what that exactly looks like for that person instead of just assuming. Yes. I love that. Cause I always say never assume cause you know what it does. Right. So I love that. And um, I totally agree with you that the smaller courses or even like the, just the smaller items, I'd never really see kind of a follow-up mm-hmm. of, Hey, how are you doing? But again, in marketing, there's a phrase, which I'm sure everyone has heard, but it's 80% easier to retain a client than it is to get a new one. And, and a lot of people think, oh, that means I need to give, I need to sell them something else. And I'm like, actually, no, that could be like a, a uh, referral incentive, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm still retaining that client in my circle. I'm like, Hey, if you do, if you refer someone to me, if you're out there and someone asks like, Hey, I need a marketing consultant for blah, blah, blah. And you refer me and that person comes to me, guess what? You get an incentive. Like I'm still having an interaction with you. Mm-hmm. And I just do think that those touch points are so, so, so great. And even small, what are some, maybe I would love to know, what are some like super, just like a one simple or super creative, super creative thing. I have an idea, but I want to see what you'll say. And then I can share mine, Um, a super creative thing or a super creative idea in email marketing that can really get people more engaged on your list, as well as 
enrolling in kind of more of the retention journey versus the sales, the sales journey. Because again, uh, to retain them, you don't actually have to have a sale. Because you, if you do have some people who are like, well, I'm not at the level to work with you yet, or this is not exactly what I need. However, when someone mentions email marketing, Asha DeLuca gets blown up in a Facebook group. Like, Asha DeLuca, Asha DeLuca, Asha DeLuca, right? Because you are being able to retain those relationships. So mm-hmm. what is a super creative, like simple thing that you've seen? And I know you've actually done one before. I have one in mind. I don't know if it's the one you'll share, but what is a super just simple creative thing that you can do to increase that retention and, and to build build better relationships? Yeah, totally. Okay, so I'm pretty sure I know what you have in mind. So I'll save that and move to a different one. So one of the things that I have noticed just within studying like my own stats and looking at some of my clients that I've worked with for years now, with them, we have started to actually transition the tone of the copy and also the length of the copy. And a lot of times when we get those like mile long emails that are like scrolling for days, a lot of times we get into that mindset. We're just like, we go through and like scroll to find the good nuggets, right? Like we're just trying to find the good pieces. And then we're just like, we get to the bottom. We're like, oh, of course this is a sales pitch. It's 8,000 miles long. And especially if you're just trying to keep those relationships, it's really just about being very much so real in the moment, exactly what you have going on and sharing those quirky, tweaky things that someone can connect with. So that's why I like guacamole and avocados and sea turtles comes up a lot for me because I talk a lot about that within different segments of my copy. And while I don't necessarily send out full emails about what sea turtles are up to these days or the latest guacamole recipes, those are all little pieces that are like very intentionally infused in my brand that allow for people to then get hooked into, oh my gosh, okay, so what's next? Is she going to get an avocado hat? Because now I got earrings and a headband. I'm like, what's next? I don't know. So that's one piece of it is like, again, infusing those little pieces into it to keep people engaged, keep people going. And a lot of times by you just sharing your story, that gets people hooked enough. I mean, that's the same way it was with the gal who's been with me for now, gosh, over four years is she's just so hooked on. Okay. What's actually going to do next? What's going on next? What can I inspire to do? So that's definitely one way. The secondary way that I like to do that is with very much so personal check-in emails that look like they literally just came out of my inbox. And so there's a particular email that I've sent out that I've infused into different sequences. And I'm like, okay, was it just me? Or is this like totally like doable? And it's worked like time and time again. And within this, it literally is just a very simple, like couple lined email subject line. Hey, and then it literally just says, Hey, first name. Cause it puts in their first name, obviously. So that way it's super personal as if I just wrote it. And then I basically just said, Hey, I hope everything's going well. Is there anything I can help you with this week? And then I just signed it off as my name. And then I hit enter a couple of times. So like the bottom piece of the email was down a little bit and I just sent it out and I got like oodles of replies. I had one gal text me and she's like, dude, you know, you can text me. Right. And I was like, yes, what's going on? Like, what's, and she's like the email you sent out, what in the world? Like, why'd you send me an email? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I like to do checking emails. And then another thing I'll add in is GIFs. And my autoresponder, so if you were to like email me, it would show like my autoresponder. And in that is like a GIF of me and Nick. It's just like a little video. I get so many compliments on my autoresponder just from those GIFs. And so any way that you can create like a personalized GIF 
that's the way you want to go. I was writing launch emails for somebody the other day and I was like, okay, I was sending them a loom and I was like, listen, this idea is really crazy, but this would be super cool. And I was like, it was for an invite for a webinar. And I was like, it would be so cool if you took a video of yourself with a letter and like you put it up to the screen and basically handed them the letter in the JIT for the invite to the webinar. And I was like, just those like real little things make a huge difference with people laughing or finding humor in it. And they're like, oh, I've never seen that before. So things like that really do make a huge difference with being able to build those connections. I love, I'm still going to call it a gift. Sorry. I know like everyone has the argument. I don't care what is the right or wrong way, but I love that example. And I did that a long time ago. I did one of Emery, my daughter dancing, and she was doing a get up and she was like, woo, with her hands. And I think I posted that in a Facebook group, not on an email, but everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. How did you do this? Look at her dancing. It got a lot of things. So I love that. So making it a little bit more personal, and I have to agree with you because sometimes I'll be on an email list and I don't even remember who the person was and then I'm opening their emails and I'm like, if I had a picture of them or if something was there that I knew. So like I hear avocados, I hear Ashley DeLuca. I'm pretty sure now that I have the no fart around show, someone's going to hear, someone's going to fart and they're going to think Ashley May Fernandez. And that's, I mean, Hey, if, if that's what's going to, that's what it's going to be. I never thought that would be my brand, but Hey, if that's what it's going to be, that's fine. I can only imagine that I'm soon going to be getting like videos of people having a really loud fart or something and sending me farts. Um, who knows? I don't know. Then one day I would totally not object to that. So if you're listening and you ever want, you ever just like have a recording of a really funny fart or something, send it my way. But yeah, so adding in those little like reminders, right? Like we think of other people in the industry, we who have just like one or two things. And when we always think about that, we think about them. Mm-hmm. Jenna Kutcher is a really great example of this. Again, I don't really follow her content as much anymore but I just remember years ago when she kind of came into the scene it was a $300 Craigslist camera like and I even remember on a post one time someone was like everyone take a shot every time you hear $300 Craigslist camera and she replied like drink responsibly like it was so funny you know she replied back but you do and she she was also mac and cheese so you have these just random things that you think of with people, I know this is crazy. Like when I think Gary V, I think F bomb. Cause I mean, every yep. <laughs> the F bomb is dropped every second. And he's always talking about not caring what the people think. And so, yeah, when you think of these people, what are, what's like a one kind of image type thing you can think of and adding that in your emails. I love that because if like I received an email and I didn't see the name, mm-hmm. but I saw an mm-hmm. avocado and I'd be like, this is from Ashley DeLuca or even the- <laughs> Really, it's a really cool thing, right? It'd be a really cool thing. So I love that. And yes, that was the example I was thinking about where you just literally send an email of like, hey, how's it going? What's up? One of my examples was a lot of people, we all love to talk about ourselves. Yep. It's just inevitable, right? And we always want to know how someone can help us. Sure. But before we, basically in a conversation, you want to explain how you need to be helped first. And that's where a lot of people get this mistake. They're always like, here's what I can help you with. Here's what I can help you with. Here's what I can help you with. And they kind of dump all the information on the person expecting that they need the help in what they're talking about. When literally you would get so much further if you just said, what are you currently struggling with? And how can I help you versus I can help you with this and I can help you with that. I can help you with this. and I can help you with that. And so for me, just sending out a simple email and I do this, I actually do this in DMS, but I'm 
definitely want to do it and start doing it more in email. But even intentionally in my Facebook group, I choose two to three people a month and I just random people who aren't super active in the group and I'll just send them a DM and I'll go and I'll look at their stuff first and I'll send them a DM and I'll just say, you know, let's say Susie, Hey Susie, you're part of my Facebook group and I really appreciate you being there. I actually just want to reach out and see if there's any way that I can support you. What what is your current offer right now? And if I, I spend a lot of time connecting with people and in Facebook groups, and if your offer is something I see someone needs, would you be okay with me sharing it with someone? The amount of responses I get back of like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like who just does that, right? No one actually goes out and makes these and seeks these opportunities to build those like retention relationships. And a lot of the times, even if their service is not anything that I'd want, I know that someone might be looking for that. And if I see that in a Facebook group, guess what I'm going to write? I'm like, oh, I'm a Pinterest strategist. Okay, cool. I need someone. Someone has a question about Pinterest. Guess who I'm going to tag? Yeah. And then also guess who they're going to be like, wow, Ashley, Ashley Fernandez, thank you so much. That was so nice of you. I can't like, wow, I've never had anyone do this. And I think we're all just so worried about going wide all the time instead of going deep. And when you, the retention is going deep. Mm-hmm. When you think retention, that's depth. When you think of more of a push, push, push marketing, like pushing things on you, that is wide. Definitely. 100%. So I absolutely love that. So in terms of, I know the the topic of this was talking kind of about how to 3X your sales through retention. I would love for you, we'll close this out in just a minute to be respectful of time, but I would love for you to, one, how have you seen since adding in the retention, since adding in these like small relationship pieces and factors, how have you seen that really increased sales. Like I know it it has increased sales, but have you seen it more of like them clicking on the link and immediately buying, or have you seen it more of them like replying and saying, can you, can you tell me more? Or do you even recommend like putting a link to book a call? Or do you recommend actually saying, shoot, reply back to me? I would actually love to ask you some questions. I mean, because obviously that's what I would do, but yeah. What can you elaborate that on that a little bit of how you've seen it increase sales in Yeah. And what that looks like. Yeah. 100%. So obviously within the email marketing platform, we can definitely track link clicks. We can track then that automatically goes into like your click rate and then your open rate. And we have definitely seen like over time that the engagement rate of being able to retain people through a sequence is so much higher because that's something else as well too, is that you may get a thousand people, you know, opt into your opt-in by the time you get down to email number five, how many of those a thousand people are still there? So the retention rate of keeping subscribers to a funnel has definitely increased, which means that people are obviously staying engaged. These are the right kind of people and your opt-ins obviously also attracting the right kind of people. But within that as well, too, with the CTA, it depends on the product, the business, and the things. So some people are very much so, you are, you're like, I don't, I'm not a sales call person. So for you, it would be application form or it would be to hit reply. When somebody goes through the process of hitting reply and actually replying back to your emails, it makes a huge difference in terms of with your deliverability because the email marketing provider, not like ConvertKit ActiveCampaign, but like Gmail, 
Hotmail and all of those guys, they start to see your content as like, ooh, this is engaging. This is important. They are replying to this. So that reply that shoots back, like we want to make sure that's in like the main and not in the promo tab. So when it comes to deliverability, replies are always super incredibly important. If you can have them hit reply, but you know, sometimes if it's something that's like a lot smaller, so it's something that's like very much so what I would say would be like an easy yes within an email, like a $27 offer, or even something that I would say would be underneath 5k, you could definitely just include the link and shoot them over to the checkout page. Because at that point, again, you've built that relationship and I've seen that works as well too. So it really depends on what your process is. If you're like, Ooh, before somebody books my group coaching, like I want to make sure they're a good fit, which for the majority of us, we want to make sure before someone just gives us five grand, I'll be like, Oh wait, hold on. Like, let me just make sure this is going to work for both of us here. Then you would hit reply, do a book to an application. Otherwise, if you're just like, okay, anybody can have this and that's totally cool. Then what you can do is you can just include the link directly on over to that. And that works as well too, for your audience. Awesome. I love that. Does anyone have any specific questions for Ashley in the audience? And if you would even like to ask like a hot seat coach, like one on like one-on-one question, just let me know in the chat and we can, we can unmute. So Brittany, okay. Brittany has a question. Awesome. Are you good? Awesome. All right. Take it away, Brittany. I don't know. It's more of a one-off question, but it hopefully can go somewhere good. So one of the challenges with So I want to collect more user-generated content with my email list. So having more subscriber replies, I have had a fair bit of success um, with that in those check-in emails, not as much with the provide content and ask for response. So what are some of your tactics for increasing the amount of user-generated content from an email sequence? I would prefer it to be a conversation rather than just a monologue. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. So one of the things that I'm actually, and I'm going to share something and then I'm going to actually answer your question, but this is something to also think about too. So one of the things that I'm working on with one of my clients right now is actually incorporating a tool called video peel, where essentially what you can do is you can provide a link and then it'll have a way for them to capture a video response. So that way you can also capture video generated content as well too, very strategically. So that's a really awesome tool, um, especially for e-commerce businesses where you want to show the product and being able to do that. Now, in terms of you're like, okay, no, I want written responses, which I totally get. That's without using that tool. What you can do is it's really about two things. So it's really about where are they at in the journey in terms of with like, how well did they know Brittany? Is this something where you're trying to ask them for like their life story in the first email? Most likely not. But a lot of times what we need to do is we need to casually bring them on in from like, easy questions. So yes, no, one or the other. I like to look at it as like Instagram stories. On Instagram stories, you can have the poll option of one or two, and then you can also do insert all of your thoughts. And so I like to tactically move between both of them. So that way you can start to, again, build that rapport with those replies of easy yes or no. And it can literally be as simple and as random as do you like your coffee hot or nice? Like one or the other, that fits what you're talking about. And then gradually move into those like more longer questions and things like that. One of the things I'll also mention is don't give up on that. Just because somebody didn't reply, it doesn't mean that they didn't possibly also hit to it, but never hit send. You know what I mean? So I would definitely like not give up, keep asking for it. Nobody else knows that you are or not getting replies or they may. And so just keep going at it. Think about the journey, think about where they're at and just keep asking. Awesome. Last one. Last like random question. (laughs) Okay. I love asking experts this. So, because you get to honestly use other people's money to test theories. What's been like your 
favorite aha, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe this, like A-B test moment? Oh, good. Okay. So I would say, okay, so I had to think through because I have a couple. I think the biggest one was moving away from the super complicated, overwhelming 8,000 opt-ins thing. I had went through the process of setting up a massive, and when I say massive, just like unlimited, like gazillions amount of sequences and emails and tags and all of this to fit my cl- that client's like current business model, which was very over, like very overwhelming and all the things. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, this will work. There's endless ways that people can come into her world to get to this. And then they're going to get to this. And it was very much so based off of the value ladder that we talked about earlier. Of Okay. So they're going to want this program that's $7. Then they're going to want this program at 27 and all of that. And so what ended up happening is we went through this and I was like, this just doesn't feel good. And she's, I don't know if I like this business model either. And so what we did is we kept all of that going and then we came through and I was like, this is how I would simplify. I would be like, all right, we're going to have the primary opt-in. This is how you're going to market. This is how you're going to do things into this specific offer. And then only until they work one-on-one with you, then you can then ask who you would like into your like mastery mastermind program. And after that, it just literally made so much more sense for me to be able to go into other people's businesses and do the exact same because everybody's, I need 80 opt-ins in order to get in and get all these people. And it's really about that wide effect of the funnel. We're just going to try to get the email. We're going to bribe them. We're going to try to pull them on in. Even if they're not really a hundred percent in or the right client, we're going to pull them through. And so changing that has been literally the best way of being able to set up backend systems and it simplifies everything. So that way even business owners can come in and be like, Hey, I want to change this particular email with this line and they can actually go in and do it because it's very simple to find the email. That's awesome. Thank you. hundred percent. That's a really, really good question, Brittany. I might have to like steal that for like later on. <laughs> That was a really good question. And yeah, I actually agree with you that I'm like raising my hand over here because if you're new to listening, I started my my world in corporate marketing and then ended up going to like getting out of corporate marketing, going back to school to be a dental assistant, totally random, I know. But then one year into working in an orthodontic office, I was like, I really miss marketing. And I started a blog. And then I, with this blog, one of the really cool ways that I, that I grew it was every single blog post had a different opt-in. Like I literally made a different opt-in for every single blog post. And I blogged probably two or three posts a week. So in the back end of my email, like when Ashley first came in, she was like, I said, girl, let's just scrap the whole thing. Like we literally scrapped everything. Cause it was like, I hadn't touched. It was, I was really hard on it. And then I replaced my nine to five income within a year with my blog and then started getting speaking deals and collaborations, different things like that. And then people actually reaching out being, how in the world did you do this? So I started doing it that way. But then I realized like it took a back burner because when I stopped actually blogging and I started doing more of consulting and one-on-one, I stopped the whole email thing. So when Ashley came in, she was like, what in the world is this hot mess express? I was like, girl, listen, it's a hot mess express with over a hundred tickets, right? It's like the golden tickets all over the it was terrible. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was so bad. So we basically scrapped. And at one point I had over 5,000 people on my list, but it was just very inconsistent with sending emails. And it was the same thing that you talked about. I'd opt them in mm-hmm. and then they just sat there and then they got like a weekly newsletter, which was just like, Hey, new blog post. It was, it was horrible way back in the day. Like we all make that mistake. Yep. But you know, I, I love that you just said like making it so simple. Like I don't even have an opt-in anymore for my business. Facebook group. 
Yeah. My Facebook group, when you come into my Facebook group, you have to enter in your email and that's it. I, I don't even have an opt-in for my business anymore because also the level of person I'm working with at this moment is never going to download a free opt-in. And, re- and, and if they did, I actually don't want them to be a client. If they're expecting to have a transformational change in their business off of some simple free p- PDF, that to me doesn't really show that they're like serious about their business at that level. And, and that may be making an assumption, but hey, my show, my opinion. So Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's it. Okay, Brittany, thank you again for those amazing questions. Since we are right at the time, I am just going to go ahead and sign off. So Ashley, thank you so much for um, joining us today. And I have one last question for you. And this is something I'm like playing around with these questions because you are, this is a new show. So the question I'd love to ask you is what is the one thing in business or in marketing that you think no one should like fart around with. Like when it comes to this, there's no farting around. This is the one thing you need to do that you need to get done or that you really need to embody in your business and your marketing and not fart around when it comes to it. What would that be? You got to embrace your your quirky, your weird self because that's what sells. And it's not even just about selling your personality out by any sort of the imagination, but going through and actually being like exactly, I, I don't like to use the word authentic as we all know, but like very much you have to just embrace yourself with all the fillers and all the things. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is really work on keeping things as simple as possible. Now, if you have Ashley May Fernandez's brain, it's going to be a lot more complicated than if you have Ashley DeLuca's brain, but <laughs> this is something we do all the time. <laughs> yes, all the time. But if if you can just keep it as simple as possible, this is like one of the biggest mistakes that I made like first on is I felt like I had to have all the right systems and all the right tools and I had to have everything pretty and everything needed to be right and da, 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 da. And really all you need to do is to be able to show up for your clients, deliver them an awesome experience. And a lot of times it doesn't involve all of the extra stuff. It just involves you showing up exactly who you are right now. So yeah, you don't need all the craziness. I mean, obviously there's, there's a whole point of systematizing to be able to take your time back and all of that amazing stuff, but really just focus on keeping things as simple as possible because keeping things simple helps you have that clarity that you need to be able to become successful. That is one of the truest statements. Love both of those. And I've gone through that journey myself from going super complicated to one offer, one platform, one Mm -hmm. audience, one message. And then also the not really embracing the personal side. Like I got stuck in a lot of the like showing up as the authority, but not really sharing the personal things. And sometimes when I like have one-on-one clients or when I uh, talk to like I, with one of my coaches, I said something and they're like, I would have never known that about you. That's so fun. Why have you not shared that? Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I, I started talking a little bit more about myself and, and now I've embraced completely. This is the no farting around show. We're going to be talking about mm-hmm. farts. So you can't get more yourself than that. So I yeah. love that again. I love those tips and thank you so much again, Ashley, for joining us. And I hope that you all enjoyed this and join us next time on the no farting around show. Ah, friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Fartner Round Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamayfernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule. 
and the link to join us live and get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode. And until then, I will smell you later.